Hi everyone, this is Shruti Bhatt and I hope that your surroundings are <laughs> serving you something acceptable. Yeah, I don't know how that wish was, but uh, I guess that's important. So yeah, starting from where we left last, page number 47 of The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. Things fall apart. I sat in my 9 a.m. biology class, arms cradling my head on my desk as I stared at the clock's second hand making laps. Each tick syncopated with the teacher's drawings on about chromosomes and mitosis. Like most 13-year-olds stuck in a stuffy fluorescent classroom, I was bored. A knock came on the door. Mr. Prince, the school's assistant principal, stuck his head in. Excuse me for interrupting. Mark, can you step outside with me for a moment? Oh, and bring your things with you. Strange, I thought. Kids get sent to the principal, but the principal rarely gets sent to them. I gathered my things and stepped out. The hallway was empty. Hundreds of pinch lockers converged on the horizon. Mark, can you take me to your locker, please? Sure, I say and uh, slung myself down the hall, baggy jeans and uh, moppy hair and uh, oversized uh, pantera t-shirt and all. We get to my locker. Open it, please. Mr. Prince says, so I do. He steps in front of me and gathers my coat, my gym bag, my backpack, all of the locker's contents, minus a few notebooks and pencils. He starts walking away. Come with me, please, he says, without looking back. I start to get an uh, uneasy feeling. I follow him to the office where he asks me to sit down. He closes the door and locks it. He goes over to the window and adjusts the blinds to block the view from outside. My palms begins to sweat. This is not a normal principal visit. Mr. Prince sits down and quietly rummages through my things. Checking pockets, unzipping zippers, shaking out my gym clothes and placing them on the floor. Without looking up at me, Mr. Prince asks, Do you know what I'm looking for, Mark? No, I say. Chucks. The word shocks me into nervous attention. The, the, the drugs? I stammer. What kind? He looks at me sternly. I don't know what kind do you have? He opens one of my binders and checks the small pockets meant for pens. My sweat blossoms like a fungal growth. It spreads from my palms to my arms and now my neck. My temples pulsate as blood floods my brain and face. Like most 13-year-olds freshly accused of possessing narcotics and bringing them to school, I want to run away and hide. 
I don't know what you are talking about, I protest, the words sounding far meeker than I would feel. I feel as if I should be sounding confident in myself right now, or maybe not. Maybe I should be scared. Do liars sound more scared or confident? Because however they sound, I want to sound the opposite. Instead, my lack of confidence compounds unconfidence about my sounding unconfident making me more unconfident. That fucking feedback loop from hell. We'll see about that, he says, turning his attention to my backpack which seemingly has one hundred pockets. Each is loaded with its own silly teen desiderata, colored pens, old notes, past in class, early 90s CDs with cracked cases, dried up markers and old sketchpad with half its pages missing, dust and lint and crap accumulated during a medingly circuitous middle school existence. My sweat must be pumping at the speed of light because time extends itself and delays such that what is mere seconds on that 9 a.m. second period biology clock now feels like paleolithic eons. And I am growing up and dying every minute. Just me and Mr. Prince and my bottomless backpack. Somewhere around the Mesolithic age, Mr. Prince finishes searching the backpack. Having found nothing, he seems frustrated. He turns the pack upside down and lets all of my crap crash onto his office floor. He is now sweating as profusely as I am. Except in place of my terror, there is uh, his anger. No drugs today? Huh? He tries to sound casual. Nope. So do I. He spreads my stuff out, separating each item and coagulating them into little piles beside my gym gear. My coat and backpack now lie empty and lifeless on his lap. He sighs and stares at the wall, like most 13-year-olds locked in an office with a man angrily throwing their shit all over the floor. I want to cry. Mr. Prince scans the contents organized on the floor. Nothing illicit or illegal. No narcotics, not even anything against school policy. He sighs and then throws the coat and backpack on the floor too. He bends over and puts his uh, elbows on his knees, making his face level with mine. Mark, I am going to give you one last chance to be honest with me. If you are honest, this will turn out much better for you. If it turns out you are lying, then it's going to be much worse. As if (laughs) on cue I gulp. Now tell me the truth, Mr. Prince demands. Did you bring drugs to school today? Fighting back tears, screams, clawing at my throat, I stare my tormentor in the face and in a pleading voice, dying to be relieved of its adolescent horrors, I say, no, I don't have any drugs. I have no idea what you are talking about. Okay, he says, 
signaling surrender. I guess you can collect your things and go. He takes one last launching gaze at my deflated backpack lying like a broken promise there on his office floor. He casually puts one foot down on the pack, stomping lightly a last ditch effort. I anxiously wait for him to get up and leave so I can get on with my life and forgot this wholesome nightmare. But his foot stops on something. What is this? He asks, tapping with his foot. What is what? I say. There is still something in here. He picks up the bag and starts feeling around the bottom of it. For me, the room gets fuzzy. Everything goes vocally. When I was young, I was smart. I was friendly. But I was also shithead. I mean that in the most loving way possible. I was rebellious, lying little shithead, angry and full of resentment. When I was 12, I hacked my house security system with refrigerator magnets so I could sneak out undetected in the middle of the night. My friend and I would put his mom's car in neutral and push it into the street so we could drive another without waking her up. I would write papers about abortion because I knew my English teacher was a hardcore conservative Christian. Another friend and I stole cigarettes from his mom and sold them to kids out behind the school. And I also got a secret compartment into the bottom of my backpack to hide my uh, marijuana. That was the same hidden compartment Mr. Prince find after stepping on the drugs I was hiding. I was lying. And as promised, Mr. Prince didn't go easy on me. A few hours later, like most 13-year-olds handcuffed in the back of a police car, I thought my life was over. And I was kind of right in a way. My parents quarantined me at home. I was to have no friends for the foreseeable future. Having been expelled from school, I was to be homeschooled for the rest of the year. My mom made me get a haircut and threw out all my Marilyn Manson and Metallica shirts, which for an adolescent is uh, 1998 was tantamount to be being sentenced to death by lameness. My dad dragged me to his office with him in the mornings and made me file papers for hours on end. When homeschooling was over, I was enrolled in a small private Christian school where, and uh, this may not surprise you, I didn't exactly fit in. And uh, just when I had finally cleaned my act and turned in my assignments and learned the value of good clerical responsibility, my parents decided to get divorced. I tell you all of this only to point out that my adolescence sucked donkey balls. I lost all of my friends, my community, my legal rights and my family within the span of about 9 months. My therapist in my 20s would later call this some real traumatic shit and I would spend the next decade and change working on unraveling it 
and becoming less of a self-absorbed entitled little prick.